0: Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816 307 1611 for a Connect card. And a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, good morning church, welcome to the building, welcome to those of you that are watching online. I am so, so blessed this morning to be born again. How many of you are blessed to be born again? Come on. I'm so glad that God didn't come to give me a better life. I am so blessed that God didn't come to just improve my life. He came to give me a brand new life. The Bible says that any man who is in Christ, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things pass, all things become new. The word new creation is that which never existed before. We have too many people um, today that profess Jesus but have not encountered Jesus in a a transformative way. They have encountered religion. There is no way that, the king of glory could move into your life and for you not to be changed. That's just an impossibility. It's absolutely impossible. And that's why God didn't come to get you a better life, get you a better career, just get you a little bit better. No, you we were all dead in our trespasses and sin, alienated from the life of God. All of our good works were as as anathema to God, as a filthy rag, our righteousness. And that's the reality of everyone outside of Christ. And I'm so glad that he came to me and he saved me. I didn't save myself. I wasn't even looking for him. And he had the audacity to show up into my life and be God. Can you imagine that? That he had the audacity to come and convict me of my sin that I was a wretch, that I was selfish, that I was impulsive, that I was carnal and self-seeking, and and bring conviction on my life. He did not come and pat me on the head and say, now, good little boy, you just need to be a little bit better. (laughs) No, he, he convicted me of my need for him, and I'm so grateful that he didn't just come to make me better. He came to make me brand new. And I hope people will say, what happened to the old Philip? Well, he died. He's dead. He doesn't exist anymore. He's a new creation in Christ. And I'm so thankful for what Christ has done and is doing. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's worthy of all praise and all honor. And I'm going to go ahead and preach here for a moment. Because we sing songs and I hope you better mean these songs because if you don't you're going to be in big trouble and here's the big trouble it's going to happen you could deceive yourself into believing because you're singing it you're living it and that's, that's worse than the person out there who, who doesn't even acknowledge God because now you're deceived into believing that because you're singing a thing you're living a thing when, I, when I'm singing that song God all I want is you and I'm going that's not true that is not true He's not all I want. I want other stuff too. Now, I do we need to go there. Do we need to go? We need to go there. Because we need to do the heart work. We God, God's a God of the heart. God looks to and fro throughout the earth. 2 Chronicles, you can read in Chronicles, first or second, one of the two. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, seeking those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God's a God of the heart. God doesn't see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God's a heart God. He's a God of the heart, and he's looking for your heart today. He didn't want any of us coming in here, going through the motions. He didn't want any of us coming in here just singing songs, karaoke style. No, he's wanting our heart. And I'm I'm sitting here singing this song, God. There's stuff I want that you may not want me to want. And all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, don't interrupt my nice lyrics, God. I'm trying to sing, you know, something. He goes, yeah, and I want you to want what I want. Are you willing to let go of some things that you want that I don't want for you? Now then, we're getting real. Now then, we're saying, "Okay, God, I want to want you first. But I don't always want you first. So now we're getting more real. Now we're going to do the heart work. Like, God, I want a spouse before I want you at times. Or I want more money. Or I want a new, I want a promotion. Or I want a nicer or bigger home or whatever. I want, I want, I want. I want my healing before I want more of you. I want my deliverance before I want more of you. It's like, God, I want to want what you want and help me not to want what you don't want me to want. Come on, are you hearing me? Like doing the heart work before God. Doing it publicly, corporately as we sing, but doing it in in your private life too. God, why do I continually want, what is it in me, God, that's wanting this thing that's not good for me? Why do I want that? What, what's the root of this? God, come and root it out of me. He's looking for your heart. He's looking for all of you. He did not want your religion. He doesn't want your protocol. He doesn't want any of that. He wants you. He wants me. He wants a people for his own possession. That's why we sing that song. Jesus says, you're mine. I chose you, Philip. I chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I chose you. You're mine. I bought you with a price, Alan. I bought you. I purchased you. I redeemed you from the slave market of sin. You're mine. You're not the devil's. You're not the world's. You're not the flesh. You're not. You're mine. You're mine. And I've called you to be with me. I hear, I hear his heart cry you see it throughout the gospels, you see it throughout his whole life he wept for Israel, he wept for those he came for, he wept, he wept oh how I longed to gather you as a hen would gather her chicks but you would not and I don't want to be one of those who would not God wants a people that are so sensitive to him that his whisper moves them his whisper moves him. Just the whisper. In fact, you can, the, the, the scripture says that the king winnows out evil with his eyes. With him. You know the look? You know, do you ever get the look from your mom? Or the look from your dad? It's just all it needed was a look and you knew. You got that look and all of a sudden you're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, he, he wants you to look full in his eyes. He wants to draw you near to Him, Whisper in your ear, don't, don't, that's not for you. I've got something better. Trust me. Don't take the bait. It's a trap. It promises you freedom, but it brings you into bondage. There's momentary pleasure, but it's a life of regret. Some of you today need to hear this. You've forgiven others, but you've not forgiven yourself. You're living under shame, and you're living under regret. In fact, I listened to the lyrics of a song that said, God, I've forgiven others, but I just can't forgive myself. See, that's shame, and that's regret. Today, God lifts it off of you. See, the devil wants to hook you with that. God says, no, I break that off of you. Let it be broken off of you today. Forgive yourself. Don't wear, don't wear that regret. Don't let it today, right now, in this moment, the Holy Spirit comes to you right now and he says, Give it to me. Give it to me. Will you do that? Let the chain be broken. Don't get tethered to that regret anymore. Don't get tethered to that. Don't carry around what God's forgiven. Don't carry it around anymore. Today, it needs to go to the grave. Did we sing that in the lyric? (laughs) We did. It goes to the grave. The forgiveness of God marks me today. And not only do I forgive others, but I forgive myself. You can say what you want to say, devil, but I don't listen to you anymore. I listen to the one who declared me free. I listen to the one who paid the price for me. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed, and I'm free today. It's gone. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give him honor. Give him glory. Give him praise. I do have more words. For us today let's pray father god in heaven thank you so much for your goodness your grace your mercy your love thank you god that you're the god of now you're the god of yesterday today and forever but you are the god who is here right now in the midst of us working and moving by your holy spirit and we thank you for that god we ask for ears to hear and heart to perceive To understand and to walk in your ways, even when we don't understand them, to choose them, God, even when they are contrary to the world, the flesh and the devil. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will write this word upon the tablet of our heart that we may not sin against you. We pray that we'll be washed today with the water of your word and that we will acknowledge you as God. Mix the word with faith and action so that we might bear fruit and that fruit might remain. And we so prove to be your disciples and glorify you in heaven. We pray for this grace in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. I want to I wanna share a word this morning. I'll go ahead and give you the title. It's uh, another spirit or a different spirit. God's looking for a people with a different spirit. In the book of Numbers 13 and 14, if you've not read it, I encourage you to go back and reread it. We hear the story of God uh, commanding Moses to go into the promised land. God commanded Moses to go into the promised land, a land flowing uh, flowing with milk and honey. And so he's giving them a command. He took 12 leaders from, uh, they were the heads of uh, the tribes of Israel And he appointed these 12 people to go and spy out the land. And he said, I want you to go throughout the land and I want you to go and see, uh, are there many people or are there few? Are they big or are they small? Do they live in uh, fortified cities or strongholds or are they just kind of camped out? Uh, Are there trees there? What's the land like? Is the soil rich? Uh, And also bring back some of the fruit. I want to see what the fruit's like. And so for 40 days, they went out and spied out the land, these 12 spies, and they came back. And then he told them, hey guys, now be of good courage and uh, as you go out, stay courageous, don't get fearful and afraid. Don't cut your mission short. Do what I've commanded you to do. And so we pick it up in numbers 13. Uh, now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Uh, the fruit was so uh, plentiful and bountiful they had to carry clusters of grapes and pomegranates. They were so large, they, they carried them on poles between two men. That's how fruitful the land was. And it says, then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So they're doing good so far. They're doing really well so far. Nevertheless, and here's the problem. <laughs> they, let, they let some fears grip them. And nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell on the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell on the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. These were all the enemies of Israel. They, they saw them and they spied them out and knew where they were at. So then Caleb, Caleb was like, uh-oh, this is not going the right direction I better speak up. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we." And they gave the children of Israel a bad report, or another translation says it was evil, of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land which would have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people who saw it, uh, we saw in it are men of great stature. Now, first of all, they're absolutely lying because they weren't devoured. Now, think about it for a minute. This is how fear becomes very irrational. Fear will lie to you. In fact, I don't know one of the Mercy Me or one of them have. Fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. And it was making a liar out of these men. It didn't devour everyone. Otherwise, they would have been devoured. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were in their sight. That's As you think, so you are. If you believe that you're a victim, then you'll act like a victim. If you believe poor me, then you'll act poor me. If you believe you're not loved, then you'll walk around. not. No matter how many times people try to love you, you won't be loved because you believe you're not lovable. It's the absolute truth. Your belief systems will set your feelings. You believe that you're not accepted, you'll walk around and you'll constantly have a self-fulfilling prophecy fulfilled over you. Rejection after rejection after rejection. Why? Because you've got this belief that you're not lovable, that you're not accepted, that no one likes you. You've allowed false prophets into your head and into your heart and into the deep belief systems of your life. And these people, they said, oh, man, they're big, and we're like grasshoppers, and so we were. That's how they acted. They acted like they saw themselves. And that's what will happen to you and me, too. If we see ourselves as weak and anemic and powerless and poor and pitiful and, oh, my God, you know, so much is going bad, and we're just all, you know, oh, no, then that's the way you're going to act. If you see yourself more than a conqueror, through Christ, then you're gonna you're gonna go out and conquer some things. If you if you see yourself as hey I'm gifted of God, I'm anointed of God, I'm called of God, then I'm gonna walk in every place on which my foot shall tread. God's given it to me. Then guess what I'm gonna do. I, well, I went into a hospital room. Uh, a, a, a good friend fell from a ladder and shattered his arm, and so we went in there, and we we're several of us in there, and I go. Uh, this nurse comes in and starts doing all this stuff. And I said, well, you know, before you do all this, do you, mind, uh, we're, do you mind if we have a word of prayer? And so we laid hands and we started praying and we were believing God to heal. And this, uh, I found out later that that nurse uh, called and asked for a replacement. She, she, it, it freaked her out. We weren't being crazy. We were just praying to prayer faith. But, you know, some people can't handle it. But why should I be intimidated? Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. I'm not embarrassed to pray to God I believe in. Now I'm not going to be obnoxious and be that way. But I'm also not going to be intimidated not to do what I was called there to do. Because I'm not going to fear the face of man. I'm going to fear the face of God. So here it was, Caleb was trying to, hey, guys, we're able, and they were having nothing of it. How many you know some people that have, they are, I don't want anything to do with your God, I want to do with your Jesus, your Bible, I don't want it. There are people like that. Then a mutiny and insurrection was called for. Here's what happened, Numbers 14. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt or if only we had died in this wilderness. There's the the if only statements of life. If only, if only I hadn't gotten married when I got married. If only I'd gone to a different school. If only, if only, if only. People plagued by the if onlys of life and they're bound by these lies. They're bound by them. And here they were. People delivered, saw the miracle hand of God and the first sight of a bad report. And listen, your words matter. Your words matter. And quit using the excuse, well, I'm only being honest. Well, no, you're being foolish because a fool speaks his whole mind. There are some things your children don't need to see yet. There are things your children don't need to hear yet. They're not adults. They're children. You don't burden them with this non this adult stuff. My wife and I were going through a terrible time. My daughter came to us when she was about 18, finally let some things out. She says, why didn't you share with me what was going on? Why? Because you were... You, we were protecting you. You didn't need to be bothered. You needed to enjoy the days of your youth. But at 18, she was ready to talk about it. And 18, was she 18? It was about that age when, yeah. I'll just, i I'll get corrected later, so I want to get corrected right now. <laughs> just, <laughs> just keeping it real here, people. <clears throat> I'm right this time. Woo, woo, woo! Yeah, baby. Mm, get, mm, come on. <laughs> I said, honey, we were, we were protecting you from that. You didn't need to be burdened with that. That was our stuff. And we wept. She came into our bedroom and we cried and we wept and had a great time of healing. got to get rid of your if-onlys. You're going to walk into your future. You got to get rid of them. Got to let them go. There's a movie I can't remember the name of, but Stacy Keach is in the movie and he's playing, I don't know if he's playing a priest or I don't know, but he's, he's outside and this man comes with this baggage and it's a healing moment and he tells him he said uh, this is a hotel forgiveness here and you're going to have to leave those bags at the door he was carrying the baggage of regret he was carrying the baggage of shame just like the prodigal son dad I've sinned against you I've sinned against God I just got this speech made up I'll just be a servant I don't. I'm not worthy to be a son anymore," he said. "Son, that doesn't. You're my son, and here's a ring, and here's some shoes, and here's a robe. I'm just glad you're home. You see, you got to leave that at the door. You got to leave your if onlys. You if only you got to let it go. Doesn't belong in here doesn't come with you that's some of the broken pieces that he's not putting back together (laughs) you know he didn't put all your broken pieces back together they weren't meant to be with you and here's where they were they were complaining if only why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. They wouldn't listen. You know, some people refuse to be consoled. Some people refuse to be, to be told the truth. They don't want to hear it. They already know better. Their hearts have become hardened and they've been gripped by fear. Just, but, so all the congregation said to the stone then with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Now listen, this is where you didn't want the glory to God to show up. You do not want to push God to this place. Now hear me now. This is not good that he's showing up now because now you've ticked him off. Now you, your rebellion, your stubbornness, your refusal, now, now it's come. And God is not happy. He's not happy at all. At that point, God was ready to strike them all dead. He said, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just wipe out all of you all. I'm going to keep Caleb. I'm going to keep Joshua. I'm going to keep Aaron. We'll keep their families. And we're going to start this thing all over again. I don't have no problem with that. That's what what he wanted to do. But Moses interceded. Moses goes to prayer. Moses begins to intercede on behalf of these rebellious people. Now, how many of you know that takes a work of God? Because I'm like, I'm done with them. Go ahead and fry them, God. Go ahead. I'm done with them. (laughs) Now he said, God, look, don't do this, God, because then the enemies, your enemies are going to think you're not able to do it. And so then it's an amazing deal. The power of intercession, the power of standing in the gap when you don't give up on people, but you give them up to God. I've been praying for my oldest brother for like 40 plus years ever since I got saved. And he, he showed up here last night. He was in the service. He was here about 12 years ago when my mother, we had our funeral. And I don't know that he's been back. And, but, but the point is, he, you can't give up on people, but you can give them up. Come on now. And Joshua and Caleb they interceded and then, then it says here, then the Lord said I have pardoned according to your word mamas, dads, don't give up on those prodigals but give them up don't let them control your life. Don't let them consume your life with their wavered behavior. Don't let them emotionally pull you down. But go to prayer and go to intercession. God, I give them to you. You know how to reach them more than I can reach them, God. You know how to send people in their path, God. Let them hear the right thing at the right time that you can reach them. You know what it'll take, God. And you continually give them up to God. You don't give up on them. You give them up. The, the, prodigal, the heart of the prodigal father, he was like, okay, go. Go. You're going to have to learn your own way. I can't. God has no grandchildren. You'll have to figure God out on your own. You're going to have to do that. I give you up to God. But he didn't give up on him, but he gave him up. I'm telling you, it's freeing. Because you've got other things to do. I mean, you've got other children to raise too. And if those children in your world right now are being neglected because you're focused on the one who's not with you all the time, guess what? You're telling them they're more important than the ones I have with me. Come on now. Oh, but pastor, you don't understand. I don't. I raised some teenagers. My wife and I did. She felt it more than I did. Do you think that I believe for a minute that they were all 100% living, 100% for God? No. I'm praying, God, I know their temptations. I know, uh, they they think, I don't know. Like, if dad knew, he wouldn't let, no, listen. (laughs) I did know. And I knew God has no grandchildren. He only has children. They're going to have to encounter God. They're gonna to have to learn some lessons on their own. I can't protect them from everything. Who do I think I am? I'm not God. I go to sleep and I, I snore like a freight train and I don't know, in, I don't even know I'm doing it. And it's awesome. And I'm unconscious and guess what? God's still God. And I don't wake up the next morning and go, oh hey God, I'm back, I'm back. No, I can take over now, I got this, no you got to have it 100%. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these 10 times and have not heeded my voice. There's the point. You've not heeded the voice of God. And there comes a point when God says, okay, enough's enough. You, Moses, you don't get to go into the promised land. You've dishonored me one time too many in front of the people. Your anger got the best of you. You don't get to go. Into the, I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's settled. You don't get to go. And he didn't go. Now do you want to be there? Is that really where you want to be? I don't want to be there. I want to learn from these things. The Bible says these stories were written for our instruction. We don't have to go down that road. We don't have to harden our heart. We don't have to be rebellious and stubborn and not listen and refuse to obey. We don't have to. They're written so we don't have to. And they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a, what? Everyone say it out loud. A different spirit. That, That means he's got another spirit. In other words, if you don't have the right spirit, you can get another one. In other words, if you have the spirit of fear on your life, or the fear of man on your life, you don't have to have it. Why? Because God's got another spirit. For God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You can get the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and a sound or disciplined mind. You can have it. You get to choose. I get to choose. Like the spirit of fear, get off of me. The fear of man, be gone from me. I don't have to have you. The spirit of doom and despair, go from me. I'm a child of light. I follow the father of light in whom there's no variance or shifting the shadow. There's no darkness in him at all. Why would I fear the dark? I'm light. I'm a child of light. We're children of light. This is who I am. This is who we are in Christ. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, has followed me fully. I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. So what is God looking for today? He's looking for your leadership today with a different spirit. He said, Pastor, I'm not a leader. You're leading your life, aren't you? You're leading your heart, aren't you? my heart my responsibility or are you being directed by all the other people's opinions and what daddy did and what daddy didn't do and what mommy didn't do and what mommy did do and what, did do and what uncle did and what are, who who's going who's to guide your life all, all of the hurt and the pain that's come to you or, or the healing power of God who delivers you I'm not trying to be mean I'm not trying to be unkind, but I'm here to tell you, the devil is not your friend. The devil is not your friend. He's a liar and a deceiver, and he's the father of lies, and he promises your freedom, but he'll bring you into bondage, and he'll want you to wallow in your hurt and wallow in your pain, and he'll want you to stay crippled and a victim your entire life to keep power and control over you. But God has come, the Son has come to set you free and set you free indeed. Come on, this is Jesus Christ. He didn't die on the cross for you to remain in a crippled state. He didn't die on the cross for you to say, to remain in this victim mentality, not you or me. He's come to heal. He's come to deliver. He's come to set us free. Yes, this is the truth. God's looking today for leaders who will worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what he says. I'm looking, I look for people who will worship me in spirit and in truth. What spirit are you of? What spirit are you of? Why do you always complain? Why do you always bring an evil report? Well, I'm just being honest. No, you're being foolish. You're looking in the darkness. Look to the light. Yeah, but the world's bad. Yes, but Christ is coming. He already said the world's going to be bad. He already said it. Go and shine your light. Go rescue the perishing. Go pull people that are headed to slaughter out. Share the gospel with them. Preach the good news of Jesus Christ. While there's still light. While the day is still day. He's looking for a people who will walk and who will lead who will be led by the spirit and who will lead by the spirit. Did you hear me? He's looking for a people who will be led by the spirit and who will lead by the spirit. When I come up on this platform, you don't need my opinion. You need the word of God. Opinions are out there, and they'll and people will freely share them with you. As foolish as they might be, but what saith the Lord? You heard me say last week, if you were here, when Jesus was approached by the devil after forty days in the wilderness, being tempted the whole forty times, but he came to him when he's at the very end, and goes, "If you are the Son of God," he goes, "What do you mean if if?" There's no if here. I'm not following you. your trap. People say, are you liberal? You know, they're trapping me. They say, are you, are you affirming? I said, yeah, I affirm. I affirm Jesus Christ as Lord of heaven and earth. I affirm the Bible is the inspired word of God, Old and New Testament together. I affirm that Jesus believed in the Genesis account. So therefore, I believe in the Genesis account. I believe that Jesus said that for this cause a man shall leave his father and mother. He believed that. I believe it too. And so that marriage is between a man and a woman. That's it. I believe that God created them male and female. That's it. That's the two we have. This is what I affirm. You say, am I affirming? Yes, I affirm that all men have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I affirm that every knee needs to bow and every tongue needs to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I affirm that many deceiving spirits will be released in the earth in the last days and people will not follow sound doctrine. Yes, I affirm a lot of things. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? See, we got to get smarter. We got to walk in wisdom. You say, are you liberal? I, I'm, I serve a liberal God. <gasps> he so loved the world, He gave His life for everyone. That's pretty liberal, don't you think? It's pretty generous, don't you think? I, I serve a God who says, Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure pressed down, running over shall men give back into your bosom. I, I, I serve a God who says, My grace is sufficient, it's more than sufficient. That's pretty generous to me. That's pretty liberal to me. Wouldn't it be? See, we got to recapture the words that the enemy's stolen. Gosh, I'm not even, I got five qualities and 40 other points. (laughs) They're already playing. It's 10. Okay. (sighs) Quickly. Five qualities, God's looking for you with a different spirit. That's like not, I, I'm, I'm saying you, Isaac. I'm not, I, I'm not saying for some other person needs to be here to hear this message. I'm saying for you, the, the leadership I want for you, the leadership God wants for me, that God wants from us of a different spirit. I'm, we have a different spirit. And so there are five qualities. They have a conquering attitude. These two were courageous warriors. They were willing and ready to fight. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are more than able to overcome it. I'm more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. Quit playing the victim card. Quit playing the poor me card. Quit playing, well, nobody sees. and nobody. God does. God sees. It's enough. It settles it. They have a positive outlook. Caleb and Joshua saw the possibilities for the opportunities that were ahead of them instead of focusing on the negative. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Hey, look, people, there are hills to climb, and there are mountains to conquer, and God is with us. Let's go! And don't look back. They had faith in God. They had complete trust in God to help them succeed. They believed God would do as he promised. Then the Lord, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. This was their, their faith in God. Don't have faith in your faith. Have faith in God. That's what Jesus told the disciples when they saw the fig tree that he cursed die. He said, guys, don't marvel at what happened. Marvel at the God who did it. That's it. Fourthly, they had an awareness of God's presence. Joshua and Caleb knew that the Lord was with them and therefore considered their enemies as already defeated. They recognized with the presence of God any battle was already won. Come on now. Come on. Only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land for they are our bread. We're going to have you for lunch, boys. (laughs) Come on. For they are our bread. Their protection has departed from him. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Do you hear that? Do not fear them. And fifthly, wholeheartedly serve the Lord. This is a this is key ingredient. It's like my whole heart, God. It may not be there yet, but I want it there. Come on, be honest enough. God, there are parts of my heart that aren't totally surrendered. I know it. There's things I still hold on to. God, I know it. So God, rip it away. Break it away. For some reason, I've not been able to, but God, you can. You can do it. They wholeheartedly served the God. This was their attitude. No measure of success can be gained without this attribute. It is on account of their different spirit and their full service to God that both Joshua and Caleb not only survived 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, but received their inheritance in the promised land. Come on now. If you're going to go another 40 years, you're going to need this kind of spirit in you. You and I are going to need it. So further takeaways. There will always be a conflict between the few and the many. There will always be a conflict between the confident and the fearful, the courageous and the cowardly, the doubting and unbelieving. There's always going to be that conflict. Which side are you going to be on? Make a choice today. Today. Right now, today. Whom are you going to serve? If God is God, serve him. If Bell is God, serve him. But make a choice. No wavering now. No decision is a decision today. Which camp are you going to light in? Make your choice right now. No, no no, getting back to me later. Right now. You're going to be in the camp of the courageous, you're going to be in the camp of the conquering or you're going to be the of the fearful and the afraid. Make a choice right now. Decide. You're in a high-pressured sales meeting right now. This discount goes away if you leave this door. <laughs> you told me this would be a 90-minute presentation. You kept me here for three hours. Give me my free vacation. I'm done with you people. (laughs) Number two, a people of a different spirit see themselves as giant killers, not grasshoppers. They are willing to stand out from the majority opinion. They allow God to seize their attention and affection. That's called worship. They see the bigness of God instead of the bigness of their problem. They see the eternal instead of the temporary circumstance. Caleb persisted in faith for another 40 years. Plus years, 45 years later, here's what Joshua said, or Caleb uh, says in Joshua 14. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again, as it was in my heart." but my brothers who went with me made the heart of the people melt. Listen, stop making people's heart melt with your fear. Stop making the heart of people melt because you don't have enough confidence in God to speak his word. Come on. Kick it to the curb today. Make a decision today that the power of God and the anointing of God is going to break this off of me and I'm going to be all that God's called me to be and do all that God's called me to do and I'm going to bring the report of the Lord. The report of the Lord is just there giants and yes there's trouble but my God is bigger than all of it and God has already delivered it into my hand this is the spirit that God's looking for the leadership that he needs from you and me you say well pastor I'm not a shouter well then go in quietly and drop the bomb and walk away Says I, I followed God's heart, and Moses swore that day, surely the land which you set your foot on has trodden his inheritance for me and the children forever because I fully follow God and now behold the Lord has kept me alive just as he did those 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness and now behold I am this day 85 years old I am still as strong today as I was in that day and Moses sent me my strength now as my strength was then for war and for going and coming so now give me my mountain. Give me this hill country at which the Lord spoke on that day. You heard on that day the Anakim with great fortified cities and this is the heart and this is the spirit that you and I need that God has for us today. Stand with me if you would please. I'm just going to go ahead and do this. We're going gonna, gonna to come back into song. If you're here today and you you say, Pastor, I'm going to step out. I'm going to step out of unbelief. I'm going to step out of regret. I'm going to step out of my if-onlys. I'm going to break it off of me today, and I want to receive the spirit of courage. I want to receive the different spirit. I'm cutting that off of me. I'm cutting it away from me. As we begin to sing, I want you to get up here to this altar, and God's going to do something. He's going to break it off of you, and there's going to be an impartation of the spirit of God, a different spirit. You can let go of regret. You can let go of pain. You can let go of the if-onlys. You can let go of victimization. You can let go of this today. Today, God has an impartation of a different spirit, of power, love, and a sound mind. You can have an encounter with the holy and living God, and the same spirit that was on that 85-year-old man can be upon you to persevere, to endure, and to overcome. Some of you are going to come out of your silence, and you're going to begin to speak up and say, no more, no. No more fear no more anxiety if God be for me who can be against me come on the spirit of truth getting deep inside bringing freedom to your life as we sing I want to encourage you run to this altar you come here and say God today I it ends and today your victory comes get on up here now come right now come anyone who needs to come come right now go ahead